Hi everyone, and welcome to episode 16 of Be Still and Know. This podcast is for New Covenant Lutheran Church and is based on the devotional book with the same title. Thank you for tuning in this week. When the week started, I had no idea what would be in store for us, which is the same every week with this devotional. I never turn the page and peek ahead. I always read the one day, pray on it, study scripture a little bit, and then write the entry for that day. And I found it interesting each week going back and reading through what I write each day and then seeing the bigger picture of how one day is linked to another through the scriptures. Monday this week was certainly linked to last week. Our devotional reading for Monday was almost the same as Sunday from the week before. The writer of the book clearly wanted to drive home this point for us. We read again about being chosen, that we were adopted into God's family because he specifically wanted us to be there. We were not a happy accident or an oops. He has a design for each of us and we all have an important role within his family. There are many verses in the Bible about being in God's family. Some that particularly stood out to me was a section of First John at the beginning of chapter 2. Verses 1 and 2 say, See how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. Dear friends, we are already God's children, but he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. A particular line in that text that really stuck out was that people who are of this world don't recognize us as children of God because they don't know him. We know that we're a child of God because we know who God is. The simplicity of that is almost overwhelming. We're all loved unconditionally and all we have to do to be called a child of God is to acknowledge and get to know him as a father. We can look earlier in the New Testament to the book of John for scripture on this as well. Chapter 1 verses 12 and 13 say, But to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with the physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. This birth that comes from God is like the adoption we read about in the devotional. We're brought into the family, into God's family, because he chose us to be there. Tuesday's devotional this week was titled, He Will Shelter You, and we read about the way that God wraps around us and protects us with wings like an eagle. We also read about how many of us shy away from that protection or try and keep our head peeking out of the wings so that we can see when danger is coming. The devotional made the point that when we're fully surrendered to and engulfed in God, we shouldn't need to peek out or keep eyes in the back of our heads. This got me wondering, why is it so hard for us to accept the protection that God gives us? Why do we persist in looking out for danger, even though we know he is there protecting us? 
There are plenty of places we could look in the Bible for encouraging scriptures about protections from God. Some that I've been drawn to a lot are Isaiah 41.10, which says, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. And Deuteronomy 31.6, which says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Within both of these verses, we can clearly see that God is here to protect and care for us. These verses are also both in the Old Testament, written before Jesus came. And I take a lot of comfort in that. Stereotypically, the Old Testament is the scary God, the wrath and the fire, and then the New Testament is the warm fuzzies. But I get the warm fuzzies from both of these pieces of scripture that I just shared. At the root, I think that in sharing this devotional, God is saying to us, try not to worry, I'm here. But at the same time, he's making sure that we're out in the world doing the good that he needs us to do. On Wednesday, we changed gears yet again to an even deeper message, or at least I thought so. We focused a lot on the word righteousness, which can bring mixed feelings to many. I think when the word is used, we tend to have thoughts of an unattainable perfection. The devotional reminded us that as long as we lean into God and put him first and live an honorable life, righteousness becomes more real and more every day. The devotional was called Peace and Quiet, which we get so little of now. So little. Many people find comfort in the stillness and quiet, while others find it hard to reach moments of complete calm in their lives. As I was thinking about calm and stillness and how to obtain those things in my lives, I was reminded of the section in the book of Mark when there's the big storm and the boat that Jesus is on is about to succumb to the raging waves. And Jesus wakes up and goes out on the water and demands calm. Mark 4 verse 39 says, When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. As Christians, we have been given the authority by Jesus to have this kind of control in our own lives. I am certain that every one of you listening has had times in your life that have felt as out of control as those waves were. I most certainly have. But what we often forget is that we have the power to calm our own storms. We have the power to demand peace and quiet in our own lives. We too can rebuke the wind and tell the waves in our lives to be silent. I'm not sure if this tangent is for me or if there's someone listening who needed to hear this too, but whatever is going on in your life right now, these things that you seemingly have no control over, remember that you do have control of yourself and your response. You can tell the waves thrashing around inside you to stop and to be silent. You can rebuke the wind and make it die down because you have been given the authority to do that 
by Jesus. The first piece of Luke 10 verse 19 says, Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. I've come to realize that when these feelings of overwhelm come into my consciousness, it is the work of evil and it's up to me to restore peace and quiet and to do that with the authority and power given to me by Jesus. On Thursday this week, we read about the word why, a toddler's favorite word. While the endless why can perhaps become tiresome, adults must remember that this is something that we never actually grow out of. We just learn to stop verbalizing it quite as much as we grow. Asking why as a child is a key way that they learn how things work and what things mean. The need to know why stays with us. Whether we accept that or not, it's a fact. The importance of focusing on why in the devotional text was a reminder that it's the one question that we'll never get an answer from, an answer to from God. Human nature is inquisitive and we want to know all the answers, but asking God why is pointless because even if he were here to explain to us, we'd never understand. When I went to the Bible for some more scripture to read on this topic, I found myself in the book of Isaiah, specifically chapter 55, when Isaiah is talking about being invited into the Lord's salvation. The way the chapter appeared to me was like, here's all the things God will do, and all you have to do is accept it. Verses 8 and 9 of chapter 55 seem to fit particularly well with our devotional text, saying, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My takeaway from this devotional and other reading is that we should just take a breath and trust. We don't always need to know why. Friday's devotional was titled Coffee with God and the message the one was one that hit me pretty hard actually. It asked if you were a person who bounced out of bed before the alarm or if you were more of a snooze button hitter. Drawing the parallel that if you bounce out of bed then you're likely spending time with God in the morning but if you were a snooze button person you perhaps were not starting your day with God. Matthew 6 verse 33 says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. This verse is at the end of the chapter, which is part of the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus is teaching on money and possessions. Essentially, I think he's saying, Follow me first, look to me first, and everything else will fall into place. I often hit the snooze and wake up thinking about or worrying about things from the previous day or what might be coming up the next day. And I recognize that worry is useless and I'm working on that. Part of how I'm working on it is with this devotional actually. When I get up every day, yes, after hitting the snooze, usually twice, I pop downstairs in the quiet and spend time reading the devotional message and writing the podcast entry for the day. 
Typically, I'm spending the first 30 to 45 minutes of every day with God, and yet I still hit the snooze, not ready to get out of bed right away. We have to continually look for God and carve out time to be with Him. He wants that time with us, and it's stated many times in the Bible. One of the verses I love to read is from Jeremiah 29. For know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Typically, I find myself drawn to verse 11, which is the first part of what I read. But for the message in the devotional, the second half is more pertinent. When you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I don't think it's about jumping out of bed before dawn. I think it's more about spending intentional time with God. So if you, like me, felt badly when you read the devotional on Friday that perhaps you were doing something wrong in God's eyes by being tired in the mornings, stop worrying about it. As long as we're making time in our day to spend with God, that's what he wants. Matthew 4 verse 4 says, People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Saturday this week was about authenticity. This is something that's very important to me. Being authentic in who we are, who God has designed us to be, is so important. As adults, we sometimes find ourselves in situations when something, likely fear, takes over and causes us not to be our authentic selves. We put on an act or a persona in these situations because it's what we feel like we need to do to either fit in or perhaps fly under the radar. The devotional talked about how we scrutinize the people and things in our lives looking for which are authentic and which are perhaps not, making the point that we never have to put God to this scrutiny because we have his eternal promise of authenticity. In 1 Timothy, when Paul is writing to Timothy, his son, from prison, he writes this in verses 5 to 7. I know that same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift that God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. If we take this piece from scripture in the context of our devotional text for Saturday, I think we can draw from it that we've all been given incredible gifts, spiritual gifts from God, and no matter the situation we find ourselves in, we should always be true and authentic to ourselves. The verse says God didn't make us to be timid or fearful. He has given us the power to be ourselves, just the way he made us. I recognize that the scripture in the devotional was focused on the authenticity of God. And for me, that's assumed. I know that his love and his promises are authentic. I felt called in this text to dig deeper into our own authenticity with each other. He has made us to be perfect in his image, and we should live proudly in that, no matter the situation. I'll finish this focus from Saturday with this from Romans 12, verse 2. 
Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Our last devotional entry this week also acted as a first, as Sunday was of course the 1st of August. The devotional text suggested that with the start of this month, there is often a lot of change in our routines. Those of us with children anticipate getting back to a school routine, for example. And there was a wonderful suggestion to check our own routine as it relates to spending time with God. I don't know about you, but I was very thankful for this reminder. Our family calendar is about to have some pretty big changes this month with our oldest going to junior high and me going back to working in office instead of at home. And with those changes, we'll definitely come busier mornings. I have loved having my devotional time first thing every morning, and I don't intend for that to change. It's just going to be a little bit earlier than it has been. Perhaps I'll be hitting the snooze one or two less times than I have been. Romans 8 verse 28 says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. By spending time daily reading devotions and studying scripture, we're fulfilling this purpose that God has set for us, to get to know him and learn from the teachings of Jesus and those who knew him. In 1 Chronicles chapter 16, the 11th verse in the middle of the song that David shares with the Levites says, Search for the Lord and for his strength. Continually seek him. Continually seek him. It doesn't say seek him when your schedule permits or seek him when your kids aren't in school. It just says continually seek him. I think this reminder about making time for devotional could not have come at a better time for me. A lot around our family is changing this month. Everyone's schedules are shifting. But the one thing that never shifts, not even an inch, is how God loves us and wants us to draw near to him. I hope that this week you have looked ahead into your upcoming schedule and that you have actively made time to spend in scripture. Even if you hit this news button first. Thank you for listening.